All right, those are the opening bars of Richard Strauss's Also Sprach Zarathustra, and of course, uh, a member of the famous Strauss family. Welcome, everybody. This is Eurofolk Radio, uh, Genesis to Revelation. Today is January 21st, 2023, and we're going to continue our series on First Chronicles. We're almost done with First Chronicles. We only have three chapters left. So welcome, everybody. Welcome, uh, Dan. How are you doing? I'm great. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I, I could be better. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm still struggling with my sinus issues, but uh, I went and got another blood test done while I was in Arkansas, and uh, the doctor gave me a bunch of a list of supplements I should be taking to cleanse me out. So I'll keep on working on that. All right, but uh, that aside... Let's get to it. Let's get into First Chronicles. Uh, let's see. Let me open up my... 27. 27. Chapter okay. 20. All right. Yeah. Take it away, Dan. Okay. First Chronicles chapter 27. Now the children of Israel, after their number, to wit, the chief fathers and captains of thousands and hundreds, and their officers that served the king in any matter of the courses, which came in and went out month by month throughout all the months of the year, of every course were twenty and four thousand. Over the first course for the first month was Jashabim, the son of Zabdiel, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. Of the children of Perez, there was the chief of all the captains of the host for the first month. And over the course of the second month was Dodai and Ahohite, and of his course was Mikloth, also the ruler. In his course, likewise, were twenty and four thousand. The third captain of the host for the third month was Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, a chief priest, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. That is, Benaiah, who was mighty among the thirty, and above the thirty, and in his course was Amizabad, his son. <clears throat> the fourth captain for the fourth month was Asahel, the brother of Joab, and Zebediah, his son after him, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The fifth captain for the fifth month was Shamhuth, the Israelite, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The sixth captain for the sixth month was Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The seventh captain for the seventh month was Helez, the Pelonite, of the children of Ephraim, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The eighth captain for the eighth month was Sibachai, the Hushathite of the Zarhites, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The ninth captain for the ninth month was Abizer, the Anatothite of the Benjamites, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The tenth captain for the tenth month was Maharai, the Netaphathite of the Zarhites, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The eleventh captain for the eleventh month was Benaiah, the Pirathonite of the children of Ephraim, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. <clears throat> the twelfth captain for the twelfth month was Heldai, the Netophathite of Othniel, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. Okay, I just did, took out my calculator, and twelve captains of twenty-four thousand priests of the twenty-four courses works out to be a quarter of a million priests. Wow. Yeah, so you can imagine what the population of all Israel was in those days, right? Uh, hard, mm -hmm. hard to say how many millions there were, but, you know, they came out uh, before the, what do you call it, the uh, captivities. After the captivity, there were still two million Israelites who escaped into Europe across the Caucasus Mountains, and who knows how many were just dispersed. So because uh, many of the Israelites were leaving uh, the Ten Northern Tribes area, even before the captivity by the Assyrians, there's no telling how many of our people escaped into Europe, either by, by sea or by overland routes. So obviously the, the prophecy of... Uh, Abraham was there would be millions upon millions of offspring 
of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and here we are, <laughs> right? And of course, numerous as the sands of the sea was. The a- amen, amen. And they're going to need a lot of priests. And guess how many, how many bullocks and sheep and goats have to be oh, sacrificed God. for all of those people? It's an amazing number. Amazing. Okay, back to you. Uh, praise Yahweh for Yeshua, so so many innocent animals don't have to be sacrificed anymore, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, now we're all vegetarians, right? <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Verse yes. Sixteen. Furthermore, over the tribes of Israel, the ruler of the Reubenites was Eleazar, the son of Zikri, of the Simeonites, Shephatiah, the son of Maacah, of the Levites, Hashabiah, the son of Kemuel, of the Aaronites, Zadok, of Judah, Elihu, one of the brethren of David, of Issachar, Omri, the son of Michael, of Zebulun, Ishmael, the son of Obadiah, of Naphtali, Jeremoth, the son of Azrael, of the children of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Azaziah, of the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joel, the son of Padiah, of the half-tribe of Manasseh and Gilead, Iddo, the son of Zechariah, of Benjamin, Jeassiel, the son of Abner, of Dan, Azareel, the son of Jeroham. These were the princes of the tribes of Israel. But David took not the number of them from 20 years old and under, because Yahweh had said he would increase Israel like to the stars of the heavens. Joab, the son of Zariah, began to number, but he finished not, because there fell wrath for it against Israel. Neither was the number put in the account of the chronicles of King David. And over the king's treasures was Asmaveth, the son of Adiel, and over the storehouses in the fields, in the cities, and in the villages and in the castles was Jehonathan, the son of Uzziah. And over them that did work of the field <clears throat> for tillage of the ground was Ezri, the son of Chelub. And over the vineyards was Shimei, the Ramathite. Over the increase of the vineyards for the wine cellars was Zabdi, the ship, shipmite. <clears throat> and over the olive trees and the sycamore trees that were in the low plains was Baalhanan, the Gedarite, and over the cellars of oil was Joash. And over the herds that fed in Sharon was Shetrai, the Sharonite. And over the herds that were in the valleys was Shaphat, the son of Adlai. <clears throat> over the camels was Obil, the Ishmaelite. And over the asses was Jediah, the Moronathite. And over the flocks was Jaziz, the Hagarite. All these were the rulers of the substance, which was King David's. Also, Jonathan, David's uncle, was a counselor, a wise man, and a scribe. And Jehiel, the son of Hakmoni, was with the king's sons. And Ahithophel was the king's counselor. And Hushai, the archite, was the king's companion. And after Ahithophel was Jehoiada, the son of Benaiah, and Abiathar, and the general of the king's army was Joab. Okay, so here again we see that Yahweh did not want King David to have a total count of the number of the people of Israel. Uh, we encountered last week the fact that David ordered a census, which Yahweh didn't approve of, and probably because David was just doing that for his own glory. I am ruler over this many millions of people, right? So, uh, but uh, also because of what we just talked about earlier, the Israelites were already uh, leaving uh, Palestine for points west and points north, and there's no way you could have a an accurate count under those circumstances anyway. All right, so let's go to chapter 28. Okay, and David assembled all the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes, and the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by course and captains over the thousands, and captains over the hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possession of the king, and of his sons, with the officers, and with the mighty men, and with all the valiant men unto Jerusalem. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren, and my people. As for me, I had it in mine heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of Yahweh, and for the footstool of our God. 
and had made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. Howbeit Yahweh God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father. And among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over all Israel. Okay, this is very, and, uh, hold on, because the, let me read the previous verse. First Chronicles 28.3. But Elohim said unto me, Thou shalt not build an house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war, and hast shed blood. Now, the Jews and their concept of Messiah will be one who sheds blood on behalf of the Jews. They want a warlike descendant of David to be their leader. But here, Yahweh tells David, I don't want you to build a house because you are a man of blood. So, the Jewish concept of their Messiah is contrary to this instruction here, First Chronicles 28.3. Back to you. Verse 5. And all of my and of all my sons, for Yahweh has given me many sons, he has chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of Yahweh over Israel. And he said unto me, Solomon, my son, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever. If he be constant to do my commandments and my judgments as at this day. Now, therefore, in all now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of Yahweh and in the audience of our God, keep and seek for all commandments of Yahweh, your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. And now, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For Yahweh searches all hearts and understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for Yahweh has chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof and of the treasuries thereof and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of any place of the mercy seat, and the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit, of the courts of the house of Yahweh, and of all the chambers round about, and of the treasuries of the house of God, and of the treasuries of the dedicated things, also for the courses of the priests and the Levites, and for all the work of the service of the house of Yahweh, and for all the vessels of service in the house of Yahweh. He gave of gold by weight for things of gold, for all instruments of all manner of service, silver also for all instruments of silver by weight, for all instruments of every kind of service, even the weight for the candlesticks of gold, and for their lamps of gold, by weight for every candlestick, and for the lamps thereof, and for the candlesticks of silver by weight, both for the candlestick and also for the lamps thereof, according to the use of every candlestick. And by weight he gave gold for the tables of showbread for every table, and likewise silver for the tables of silver. Also pure gold for the flesh hooks and the bowls and the cups. And for the golden basins he gave gold by weight for every basin, and likewise silver by weight for every basin of silver. And for the altar of incense refined by gold by weight, and gold for the pattern of the chariot of the cherubims that spread out their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. All this, said David, Yahweh made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of his pattern. And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for Yahweh God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of Yahweh. And, behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God. And there shall be with thee for all manner of workmanship every willful, willing, skillful man. 
for any manner of service. Also the princes and all the people will be holy at thy commandment. Okay, if you pay me, I'll be willing. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously these workmen were very well paid. So it's interesting, it says here, the chariot of the cherubims, in verse 18, uh, I don't recall anybody ever drawing, you know, the cherubims of the Ark of the Covenant with riding an actual chariot. So this might be figurative, uh, figurative chariot, but we'll see because the Ark of the Covenant supposedly is still down there in uh, you know, underneath uh, the, the uh, well, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, that place, uh, Calvary, underneath Calvary in Jerusalem where Yahshua shed his blood for us and dripped down on top of that Ark of the Covenant uh, lid, okay? So who knows? Uh, I think uh, Ron Wyatt took a picture of it if I don't if I remember correctly, I'll have to research that. <laughs> so, but that's interesting that it says there's a chariot there. All right, so uh, chapter 29. This is the last chapter of First Kings. First Chronicles, you mean? Uh, sorry, yeah. yeah. I get um, confused. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender, And the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for Yahweh God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver, to overlay the walls of the houses withal. The gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto Yahweh? Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of hundreds of thousands of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drums, and of silver 10,000 talents, and of brass 18,000 talents, and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of Yahweh by the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced. For that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to Yahweh. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore, David blessed Yahweh before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Yahweh God of Israel our father, forever and ever. Thine, O Yahweh, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Yahweh, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great, and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Yahweh our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name comes of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and has pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. 
And now I have seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. O Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart, to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for the which I have made provision. And David said to all the congregation, Now bless Yahweh your God. And all the congregation blessed Yahweh God of their fathers, and bowed down their heads and worshipped Yahweh and the king. Okay, and I, they have to, sorry, I have to interrupt here because yep. even within identity, there are still those who argue that we don't have free will. And so we see here that which are present here to offer willingly unto thee, and that willingly is Nadab. And it says to impel, hence to volunteer. It's not to compel, it's to impel, hence to or get, make a suggestion that you, you can choose to do it or not, to volunteer as a soldier, to present spontaneously, offer freely, uh, be willing to give, make, offer, and offer self of yourself. So, because uh, I've had a, a, a conflict with, oh, I forget his name now, uh, he's a, a, a Christian identity a presenter uh, who believes uh, that uh, we do not have free will. And he bases this on some passages of Scripture, for example, when Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart. And obviously Yahweh did do that. He did harden Pharaoh's heart. But that doesn't mean, number one, it doesn't mean that Pharaoh didn't deserve the punishment he got, right? He did get that. But I think in that case, because... The plan of, call it salvation for Israel, had to be perfectly timed. The, uh, and I'm talking about the entrance of Israel into the promised land in 1406 BC and the consequent sacrifice of Yahshua in 33 AD. All of this had to be perfectly timed down to the second literally down to the second. So Yahweh had to intervene there to speed things up and get the Israelites out of there at the right time so that the plan of salvation had... Because what did Yahshua say? Uh, they wanted uh, him to enter Jerusalem earlier than he, than he did, that he wanted to. And he kept on saying, the time is not yet right, okay? And you know, when he was on the cross... There was an earthquake. There was the curtain was rent in two. There was darkness at noon, as prophesied by Hosea and I forget who else. Two of the prophets said that there would be darkness cover the earth at noon. All of these things had to be arranged beforehand, so the timing had to be absolutely perfect, just like a play, just like a script had to be arranged, okay? That does not mean that we don't have our free will to do as we please in spite of that script, okay? Uh, am I making sense to you here? Yes. Yeah. Why would he give us the commandments in the first place if exactly. we didn't have free will? Exactly, exactly. So just because Yahweh intervenes in our, you know, in our plans, right? He can, he can help us along or he can be an obstacle to our path, right? He does intervene mm -hmm. for us and against us if necessary. That does not mean we don't have free will. Okay, back to you. I just had to get that off my chest. Okay. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Good, good. All right. Yeah, to me. Yeah. All right, verse 21. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto Yahweh and offered burnt offerings unto Yahweh. On the morrow after that day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And did eat and drink before Yahweh on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time and anointed him unto Yahweh to be the chief governor and Zadok to be the priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of Yahweh as king instead of David his father, and prospered, and all Israel obeyed him. 
And all the princes and the mighty men and all the sons likewise of King David submitted themselves unto Solomon the king. And Yahweh magnified Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed upon him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. And the time that he reigned over Israel was forty years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty-three years reigned he in Jerusalem. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Now the acts of David, the king, the first and the last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, and in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer, with all his reign and his might, and the times that went over him, and over Israel, and over all the kingdoms of the countries. Okay, there are two books mentioned here that we don't have anymore. The book of, oh no, we got Samuel, sorry, we do have Samuel, but I don't know. That, there's no book of Nathan that I know nope, of. not. Yeah, how about the book of Gad? <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Don't have either one of those. And in the New Testament, we have the book of Enoch mentioned, right? So all, mm-hmm. the, all those are Israelite literature that we don't, well, we did have find a copy of the book of uh, Enoch, okay, in the Ethiopian. But uh, there may be, I guess if I do a search, we'll find a copy of the book of Gad uh, and the book of Nathan. Don't know, but uh, all these other books that are Israelite literature have been lost. Very interesting. All right, so that takes care of First Chronicles. Let's go to Second Chronicles. Okay, and Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and Yahweh his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges, and to every governor in Israel, in all Israel, the chief of the fathers. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for there was the tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses, the servant of Yahweh, had made in the wilderness. But the ark of God had had David brought up from Kirjath-Jerim to the place which David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of Yahweh, and Solomon and the congregation sought unto it. And Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before Yahweh, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon, and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto my father, unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Yahweh God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and you haven't asked for riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither have you asked long life, but has asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king, Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall there be any thee, be any after thee have the like. Then Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon to Jerusalem, from before the tabernacle of the congregation, and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen, which he placed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones. And cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yarn. The king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price, 
And they fetched up and brought forth out of Egypt a chariot for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And so brought they out horses for all the kings of the Hittites and for the kings of Syria by their means. And that is the end of chapter 1. Okay, so they brought out horses for all the kings of the Hittites. Interesting. So what would this be, like a peace offering? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Give them free horses? (laughs) Right? Uh, That wouldn't do any good, right? (laughs) Okay, chapter 2. Can you imagine having Yahweh himself ask you what he can do for you? Yeah, right. What can I do? Yeah, I haven't been praying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right, chapter 2. Chapter 2. And Solomon determined to build a house for the name of Yahweh and a house for his kingdom. And Solomon told out threescore and ten thousand men to bear burdens and fourscore thousand to hew in the mountain and three thousand and six hundred to oversee them. And Solomon sent to Huram, the king of Tyre, saying, as thou didst deal with David my father, and did send him cedars to build him a house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build a house to the name of Yahweh my God, to dedicate it to him, and to burn before him sweet incense, and for the continual showbread, and for the burnt offerings morning and evening, on the Sabbaths, and on the new moons, and on the solemn feasts of Yahweh our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel." And the house which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Send me now, therefore, a man cunning to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in iron and in purple and crimson and blue and that can skill to grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem, whom David my father did provide. Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, and algum trees out of Lebanon, for I know that that thy servants can skill to cut timber in Lebanon, and, behold, my servants shall be with thy servants, even to prepare me timber in abundance, for the house which I am about to build shall be wonderful great." And behold, I will give to thy servants, the hewers that cut timber, 20,000 measures of beaten wheat and 20,000 measures of barley and 20,000 baths of wine and 20,000 baths of oil. Then Huram, the king of Tyre, answered in writing, which he sent to Solomon, because Yahweh has loved his people, he has made thee king over them. Huram said, moreover, blessed be Yahweh, God of Israel, that made heaven and earth who has given to David the king a wise son, endued with prudence and understanding, that might build a house for Yahweh and a house for his kingdom. And now I have sent a cunning man, endued with understanding, of Huram my fathers, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan. And his father was a man of Tyre, skillful to work in gold and in silver, in brass, in iron, in stone, and in timber, in purple, in blue, and in fine linen, and in crimson. Also to grave any manner of graving, and to find out every device which shall be put to him, with thy cunning men, and with the cunning men of my Lord David thy father. Now therefore the wheat, and the barley, the oil, and the wine, which my Lord has spoken of, let him send unto his servants." And we will cut wood out of Lebanon, as much as thou shalt need. And we will bring it to thee in floats by sea to Joppa. And thou shalt carry it up to Jerusalem. And Solomon numbered all the strangers that were in the land of Israel, after the numbering wherewith David his father had numbered them. And they were found a hundred and fifty thousand and three thousand and six hundred. And he set threescore and ten thousand of them to be bearers of burdens and fourscore thousand to be hewers in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred overseers to set the people a work. Okay, let me just interrupt here because the word strangers in verse 17, it's a compound word of ish, meaning male, and ger, meaning a racial kinsman. Okay. 
Okay. Chapter 3. Then Solomon began to build the house of Yahweh at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where Yahweh appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And he began to build on the second day of the second month, in the fourth year of his reign. Now these are the things wherein Solomon was instructed for the building of the house of God. The length by cubits after the first measure was three score cubits, and the breadth twenty cubits. And the porch that was in the front of the house, the length of it was according to the breadth of the house, twenty cubits, and the height was a hundred and twenty, and he overlaid it within with pure gold. And the greater house he sealed with fir tree, which he overlaid with fine gold, and set thereon palm trees and chains. And he garnished the house with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was, was gold of parvaim. He overlaid also the house, the beams, the posts, and the walls thereof, and the doors thereof with gold, and graved cherubims on the walls. And he made the most holy house, the length whereof was according to the breadth of the house, twenty cubits, and the breadth thereof, twenty cubits. And he overlaid it with fine gold, amounting to six hundred talents. And the weight of the nails was fifty shekels of gold. And he overlaid the upper chambers with gold. And in the most holy house he made two cherubims of image work and overlaid them with gold. And the wings of the cherubims were twenty cubits long. One wing of the cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house. And the other wing was likewise five cubits, reaching to the wing of the other cherub. And one wing of the other cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house. And the other wing was five cubits also, joining to the wing of the other cherub. The wings of, the cherub, of these cherubims spread themselves forth twenty cubits. And they stood on their feet, and their faces were inward. And he made the veil of blue and purple and crimson and fine linen, and wrought cherubims thereon. And he made before the house two pillars of thirty and five cubits high. And the chapter that was on the top of each of them was five cubits. And he made chains, as in the oracle, and put them on the heads of the pillars, and made a hundred pomegranates, and put them on the chains. And he reared up the pillars before the temple, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and called the name of that on the right hand, Jachin, and the name of that on the left, Boaz. Okay, and of course the Freemasons used those names, right, because... They are followers of Solomon uh, from after he became corrupt, right? Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Chapter 4. Moreover, he made an altar of brass, 20 cubits the length thereof, and 20 cubits the breadth thereof, and 10 cubits the height thereof. Also, he made a molten sea of 10 cubits from brim to brim, round in compass, and 5 cubits the height thereof, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. <clears throat> and under it was the similitude of oxen, which did compass it round about, ten and a cubit compassing the sea round about. Two rows of oxen were cast when it was cast. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, and three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. And the sea was set above upon them, and all their hinder parts were inward. And the thickness of it was a handbreadth, and the brim of it like the work of the brim of a cup, with flowers of lilies, and it received and held three thousand baths. He also made ten lavers, and put five on the right hand and five on the left, to wash in them. Such things as they offered for the burnt offering, they washed in them, but the sea was for the priests to wash in. And he made ten candlesticks of gold according to their form, and set them in the temple, five on the right hand and five on the left. He made also ten tables, and placed them in the temple, five on the right side and five on the left. And he made a hundred basins of gold. Furthermore, he made the court of the priests, and the great court, and the doors for the court, and overlaid the doors of them with brass. And he set the sea on the right side of the east end, over against the south. 
And Huram made the the pots and the shovels and the basins. And Huram finished the work that he was to make for King Solomon for the house of God. To wit, the two pillars and the pommels and the chapiters which were on the top of the two pillars and the two wreaths to cover the two pommels of the chapiters which were on the top of the pillars. And 400 pomegranates and on on the two wreaths, two rows of pomegranates on each wreath to cover the two pommels of the chapiters which were upon the pillars. He made also bases, and lavers made he upon the bases, one sea and twelve oxen under it. Okay, the a, pots po- also. a pommel is a fountain. A pommel is a fountain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Verse 16, the pots also, and the shovels, and the flesh hooks, and all their instruments did Huram his father make to King Solomon for the house of the of Yahweh of bright brass. In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them, in the clay ground between Sukkoth and Zeradatha. Thus Solomon made all these vessels in great abundance, for the weight of the brass could not be found out. And Solomon made all the vessels that were for the house of God, the golden altar also, and the tables whereon the showbread was set. Moreover, the candlesticks with their lamps, that they should burn after the manner before the oracle of pure gold. And the flowers and the lamps and the tongs made he of gold and that perfect gold and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold and the entry of the house, the inner doors thereof for the most holy place and the doors of the house of the temple were of gold. Okay, snuffers are tweezers. They must be pretty mm-hmm. big tweezers. <laughs> probably, <laughs> you know, probably uh, uh, some kind of scissor type grabber or something, I would think. So, but that's what it says here, tweezers. Okay. All right. Chapter 5. Thus, all the work that Solomon made for the house of Yahweh was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David, his father, had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Jerusalem to bring up the covenant, to bring up the ark of the covenant of Yahweh out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. And they brought up the ark and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him before the ark sacrificed sheep and oxen, which could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priest brought in the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh unto his place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubims covered the Ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves of the Ark, that the ends of the staves were seen from the Ark before the oracle, but they were not seen without, and there it is unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb when Yahweh made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Jedithun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking Yahweh. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised Yahweh, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of Yahweh, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. 
For the glory of Yahweh had filled the house of God. Amen. Okay, must have been quite a quite an experience. <laughs> yes. All right. All right, chapter 6. Then said Solomon, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I have built a habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be Yahweh, God of Israel, who has with his hands fulfilled that which, that which he spake with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of Yahweh, God of Israel. But Yahweh said to David, my father, for as much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst didst well in that it was in thine heart. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son, which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. Yahweh therefore has performed his word that he has spoken. For I am risen up in the room of David my father, and am set on the throne of Israel, as Yahweh promised, and have built the house for the name of Yahweh, God of Israel. And I have put it, and in it have I put the ark. Wherein is the covenant of Yahweh that he made with the children of Israel? And he stood before the altar of Yahweh in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long and five cubits broad and three cubits high and had set it in the midst of the court. And upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands toward heaven, and said, O Yahweh God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven nor in earth, which keepest covenant and shows mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. Thou, which hast kept with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, and spakest with thy mouth, and has fulfilled it with thine hand, as it is this day. Now therefore, O Yahweh God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father that which thou hast promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit upon the throne of Israel, yet so that thy children take heed to walk, to their way to walk in my law, as thou hast walked before me. Now then, O Yahweh God of Israel, Let thy word be verified, which thou hast spoken unto thy servant David. But will God in very deed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house which I have built. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Yahweh my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prays before thee that thine eyes may be open upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prays toward this place. Hearken therefore unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make toward this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thou, hast, when thou hearest, forgive. If a man sin against his neighbor and an oath be laid upon him to make him, make him swear and the oath come before thine altar in this house, then hear thou from heaven and do and judge thy servants by requiting the wicked, by recompensing his way upon his own head and by justifying the righteous, by giving him according to his righteousness. And if thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name, and pray and make supplication before thee in this house. Then hear thou from the heavens, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest them and to their fathers. 
when the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee. Yet if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin, when thou does afflict them, then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk. And send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. If there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew, locusts or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of any or of all thy people Israel, when every one shall know his own sore and his own grief, and shall spread forth his hands in this house, then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou only knows the hearts of the children of men, that they may fear thee to walk in thy ways, so long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers." Moreover, concerning the stranger, which is not of thy people Israel, but is come from a far country for thy great name's sake, and thy mighty hand, and thy stretched out arm, if they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name, and fear thee, and do, and does thy people Israel, and may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. If thy people go out to war against their enemies by the way which that thou shalt send them, and they pray unto thee toward this city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that doesn't sin, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them over before their enemies, and they carry them away captives unto a land far off or near. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land, whither they are carried captive, and turn and pray unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captives, and pray toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, and toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. Now, my God, let, I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thine ears be attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Now therefore arise, O Yahweh God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Yahweh God, be clothed with salvation, and let the saints rejoice in goodness. O Yahweh God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David, thy servant. Okay, well, it says uh, we should face east when we pray unto Yahweh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, face Jerusalem. So not all of us are uh, west of Jerusalem. Some of us are north of Jerusalem, or northeast of, or northwest yeah. of Jerusalem. Okay. So, uh, yeah. All right. Very interesting. All right. That, uh, we haven't been praying correctly. <laughs> we should be facing Jerusalem <laughs> when we ask for mercy and you know, uh, repent of our sins and ask for mercy. Okay. All right, and then the stranger that was being talked about in verse 32 is, in fact, Nokri, strange in a variety of degrees and applications, foreign, non-relative, adulterous, different, wonderful, <laughs> alien, foreigner, outlandish, strange, and, in uh, uh, I guess, in the feminine, a woman, a strange woman. So, apparently, the, these would be you know, because there are other strangers that must be killed if they try to do certain things and enter enter the grounds of the holy grounds of the temple, etc. So apparently, this is an instance of nokri when we're talking about strangers 
of our own race, but also uh, it's possible, you know, certainly the the Japhethites and the Hamites who are of goodwill would be allowed into the grounds to uh, receive Yahweh's blessings as well. Okay, so uh, usually, uh, most of the times I've encountered the word Nokri, it is strangers who should be put to death if they get too close to uh, the uh, temple grounds, and those are the ones who also should be put to death if they try to partake of the rituals of the Israelites. Okay, so I'll have to do a thorough study of this word Nokri and see what the difference is between uh, when they should be put to death and when they shouldn't be put to death, all right? Okay, again. Uh, that would be a good show for us to do one day, just to all the different use, different yes. stranger, you know, because there's like five different uh, yes. different yes. words for the strangers. There's Gare, there's Nokri. Yes, um, yeah. You know, so that'd be a good show one day for us. Yeah, it sure would, it sure would. Yeah, so let me write that down, okay? All right, back to you. No okay, um, we are just about. Oh, we are. Just about on here. Yeah. Okay. I ha- I've been so engrossed in this study that I haven't been watching the clock. So yes, absolutely. We should do a uh, show on nokri and there's uh, and various other terms for stranger. Uh, that uh, yeah, there's at least five, maybe six or seven. That yeah. uh, that, that are, are now. Of course, sometimes it's talking about Ammonites and Moabites, who are of our race. But who, uh, you know, for various reasons, came to be the enemies of Israel, and but they were nevertheless of our race. So, does Yahweh want to save those people too? Well, they're certainly of our race. In fact, uh, they are. Well, oh, let me take that back. I was just getting ready to say they were. She- yeah, they were Shemites, because they were the descendants of Lot, who was a relative of Abraham. So those those people are not direct descendants of Abraham, but they are kinsmen of our race, okay? So I don't see Yahweh wanting to destroy those people unless, of course, they have mixed with other people, the forbidden races, okay? So there's a lot to take into consideration here. The racial laws of Israel uh, look to be quite complicated. Who does Yahweh look with favor upon and who doesn't he look with favor upon? Okay, so that would be a very important study. Okay, yes. Dan. Okay, we are out of time. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is a very, very instructive. This is We might have to do three rounds of this, this type of study before we really understand <laughs> uh, you know, what Yahweh intends for us. But thanks uh, for uh, narrating. And, folks, we'll be seeing you next week for another round of Genesis to Revelation. Praise Yahweh. See you all next week. Bye-bye.